of the living poop. Hello and welcome to episode four of Super Segoy Cast. I'm Justin. And I'm Alex. So today we're actually going to talk um, a little bit about animation and anime in Japan and the process and that whole kind of thing. So um, we were looking through Netflix and we noticed that they added in a documentary for Studio Ghibli, which is the director Hayao Miyazaki. He created lots of famous anime like Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, The Wind Rises was the latest one. Yes. And then um, he's got plenty of, of older ones like Porco Rosso, which I don't think you've seen. No. Kiki's um, Delivery Service. I've seen that one, which I know you haven't. Yeah. Which is funny. Well, the yeah. list goes on and on. They're a very, very well-known studio. Is Howl's Moving Castle one of his? Yes. Howl's Moving Castle is one of his. Oh, okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's another one I have seen. So Studio Ghibli is they're very near and dear to the heart like Disney films. They have so much emotion and feeling they and they're meant for children and capturing all of the the magic and, and stuff that, you know, to help encourage that kind of thing. Yeah, and when I have seen of them, a lot of them kind of have influence from Miyazaki himself and like what he went through as a kid growing mm-hmm. up. And a lot of them seem to do with older Japan more so than like futuristic Japan or yeah. current Japanese times. Yeah, they have a very fairy tale feel to them. So like olden time, you know, once upon a time kind of thing going on. Yeah, uh, like you said, his most current one came out was more about the war, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we watched yeah. the documentary on it. Yes. Um, the documentary we didn't know was going to be what it was going to be focusing on. Yeah, I came into it thinking that it was going to be mainly just about Miyazaki himself and how he came into being an animator, director, and an artist. And it ended up kind of just covering his most recent film. Yeah, it wasn't... Well, even then, that's. I wouldn't even say that that's what it was. Mm. I would say that it was more about the personality yes. and, like, the, the of character Miyazaki? of the studio. Of the studio, yeah, okay, yeah. the character yeah. of the studio. That's, that's a good way to say it. So, you know, the kinds of things that they focus on and the personality of all the people in there as okay. a whole. Yeah. Not, not just Miyazaki himself, but we did get quite an insightful look at himself and the way he thinks and the way that the studio worked to go with like the inside of the studio you mainly focus well it mainly focused on miyazaki his like producer Mm -hmm. very little bit like on his actual team which they said was like 200 plus people yeah 200 plus people work for studio ghibli yeah they're not necessarily animators but um the studio itself is actually quite large. It's more than just the studio. Mm. It's it's more than just animation. There's everything in there, including the museum that which you can go to as an outsider and oh, do tours it? and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I, if we when we were there, if yeah. we would have found it, we it would have technically been like part of the studio. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I I thought everybody that was there, the 200 people that they talked about, were people who were animators and storyboard people and coloring and whatnot. You know, I didn't know that it was that diverse of a place. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying that there aren't 200 animators because there very well could be, but I Mm -hmm. just know that they were encompassing the entirety of the studio itself. Well, yeah, and either way, it was a good documentary. Uh, A little slow, but great insight into the studio itself. Yeah. The Oh, so um, I was trying to say the philosophy. The philosophy. Yeah, okay. the philosophy of the studio and of Miyazaki. Okay. That That's a good way to say it. 
philosophizers yeah (laughs) um so one of the things that i thought was really interesting was that miyazaki himself after watching this documentary he seems like he has a troubled soul you know he's not happy as a person it it fulfills him yeah it enriches him okay but this is not it's his calling i thought you were going somewhere a little different with that point uh the way I thought I thought you said like after he watched the documentary. Oh no no! You're saying what you noticed after you watched the documentary yeah. on how he is as a person. He seems like like he has a dark side, kind of a sad side, a side that you know it's not just sunshine and rainbows well, inside he grew of up him during war. So right, he had a lot of tragedy in his life. He has, and I think that he needs that to create these films. You I, know, I agree. That's his driving force, and he kept saying that he's doing it for the kids. He kept he called it at one point the world is cursed and I think his curse to use that and create good things in this world of nightmares that he called it. Okay. You know. So without this darkness that's in him, there would be no Studio Ghibli. That's mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I think. Okay. It definitely would not be the same. He wouldn't have the visions that he has to put right. down on paper. And it's kind of interesting because um when I was watching it, I was actually I thought of this quote that I heard a long time ago, so I had to look it up mm-hmm. and refine it. It's by a person called Lou Dorfsman, and what he said was, creativity is essentially a lonely art, an even lonelier struggle. To some, it's a blessing, to others, a curse. It is in reality the ability to reach inside yourself and drag forth from your very soul an idea. So I think that Miyazaki could relate to that. Mm-hmm. If, if, I could tell him. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Send it to him in an email. Yeah. I, I think that, that that really, that would speak to him. Okay. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. You know, and a neat fact about how he works, they don't, he, when he does all the storyboards for his movies. Oh, yeah. He doesn't do any dialogue. He literally just draws the storyboards how he sees them and then kind of future like in the future times out what he thinks the dialogue should be and like where it should and shouldn't go and yeah. tries to time it out that way which i had never seen done and i thought was a really like neat way a neat process well another thing that i thought was super interesting it shows the amount of trust that they have in him yeah so he starts these storyboards without having a finished idea he's just like okay here i got a story coming in i'm going to start drawing it out on these mm-hmm. on these storyboards and they start production as he starts the storyboards. Mm-hmm. So they're into production for, you know, a year before the movie is technically finished because he's still working on it as they're creating it. Yeah, it's like he himself has no idea how this movie is going to end, what's going to turn about. And so you're, him and everybody else that he's working with him are in the dark until he draws like the final storyboard. Yeah, it speaks to him. Yeah. You know, it, and he has to just get it out. It, which adds quite an element of surprise, not only to us as viewers, but to them working there because they're kind of mm-hmm. like, where are we going to go? with this we just yeah it's a lot of trust and a lot of faith in your boss he's gonna yeah put out something great yeah and as a company you know exactly like they have to they they know that what he does is good stuff and that what he's going to do is going to continue to be good stuff because they're you know places here they're not just going to be like okay well we trust you just figure something out and make it work you know no they want to have like an idea they want it you can rewrite it after you have the idea well yeah i mean the closest thing you could do to that is someone who's like a, a writer someone who comes to you goes you know what i have this idea for a book which is more than he starts out with yeah and sometimes they'll get like their backing to 
write their book just off of that thought, but mm-hmm. it's like usually you need so much more. And yeah. he doesn't even have that and they yeah, it has a lot of faith. But I mean that's that, I think that that's really cool, you know. I agree. Um so I wanted to talk a little bit about the animation in Japan mm-hmm. and how that kind of works. So NHK, which is basically the Japanese broadcasting company, like here, like ABC or, you know, anything like that, CNN, the BBC, that kind of thing. They polled 759 animators to get these numbers. So on average, an animator in Japan works 11 hour shifts, six days a week. And that's not having deadlines. That's just like the casual, normal work day, work basis. Yeah. When there are deadlines, they're just like, they're working crazy trying mm-hmm. to make sure it gets done. They're there overnight. Some of the bigger studios, they actually have places for them to sleep, housing and oh, wow. stuff like that. Like in the Ghibli documentary, do you remember when they were talking about the nursery that was at the bottom? I'm, I thought that was like a daycare thing. Well, same thing. Okay. Daycare nursery. That's for the children of the animators who are working. Okay. So that way, you know we got to have somewhere to put our kids you know i can't be home Mm -hmm. i need to be here working to finish this okay so they have a a, you know a daycare service there for the children of the animators that's nice yeah it's just another way to make sure that things happen and to take care of your people yeah and you know like that's not only like an animator in japan either that works those kind of crazy hours i remember we were watching like one of those travel abroad type shows Mm -hmm. and uh the people who were there met one of their friends in japan and she only got, I think, like two days off in a month. Yeah. And they called them holidays. Like they weren't weekends like we have here. It was yeah. a holiday. And you get two a month and you're working 10 hour days, five to six days a week on average. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. So the yearly income for an animator, it's one million yen. And that sounds like a lot, right? It's it really a million yen. Yeah. Yeah, no. So what it equals out to is 10,000 US dollars right about there can and you imagine working for a full year yeah six days a week and only bringing home ten thousand dollars yeah and, and cost of living out there's not a lot more than we have here but it's it's pricier especially if you live like in tokyo or around tokyo yeah so a hundred i'm sorry a million yen really doesn't get you that far right and that's why they have housing and daycares and all that kind of thing for the people who work for them they get paid as low as a dollar a drawing while they're doing these animations and on average depending on what they're drawing they make between five and 25 dollars a day that's insane like animation is such a huge thing you have so many different like mangas and animated like shows that come from these mangas and movies you think that it's a high profile job right they would make a lot more money based off of that the reason why is because of you know people I hate to say it because, you know, we used to do it too. People watching this stuff for free on the internet, watching it for free anywhere, you know? And that's what's sad. Like, you want to just go download it off of the internet. You really don't need to do that when you can pay, what, $7 a month for, like, Crunchyroll. You get unlimited access to all of their anime. Right. And there's different other programs like Funimation that you can get and subscribe to. And it's not like it's going to break your bank to pay $7 a month. Yeah. But because of this, the quality of the animation is going down. You know, because they're just, these people are just trying to pump these things out mm-hmm. and, and get it going, mm-hmm. get the show done. A lot of shows now, they're shorter than they used to be. You yeah. know, old shows back in the day, there are still some that are hundreds of episodes long and, you know, as, as that goes. But a lot mm-hmm. of the new shows, 12 episodes and then it's done. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's all they can kind of afford to do. 
The government actually has recognized this as an issue. So they're trying to get better conditions. So that way they can encourage young animators to keep building the industry's future. Because they, they know that this is such a huge part of the culture and of their their export, basically. Isn't you know? that something... Uh, I remember reading very little bit about it, but didn't like Obama thank Japan for animation? <laughs> he did, yeah. I posted that video on our Facebook page yeah. if anybody wants to watch it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all, if our president is thanking Japan for animation and everything like that coming to our country, it's got to be a big deal, and they really need to find some kind of way to make it a better career over there. Yeah. Well, one of the ways that they're doing it is by using CG animation instead. Oh. Yeah, so it's kind of taking slowly taking over okay. because it's cheaper to produce, it's a lot faster to produce, mm-hmm. you need less employees, and uh-huh. so those employees can get paid more. Okay. So in, on average, a CG animator makes $22,000 in American dollars a year. So you're That's doubling twice. your pay. Yeah. yeah. So why would you want to be a traditional animator when you can be a CG animator and get paid twice as much? Well, and I could see that, but with my viewing of animation and seeing both a CG show versus like a regular animation show, Mm -hmm. I enjoy regular animation a lot more than CG. Yeah, I do too. Especially being a person, I I love art, you know, and and Mm -hmm. things that you create with your hands, like paintings and drawings and all that kind of thing. So I appreciate that. You know, traditional animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you can get a level of like smoothness and and fluidity. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. (laughs) It is now. Yeah. That you can't get with with CG, especially because their CG field is just starting out. I see because of being brand new and it's a whole process. And the fact that you should be able to do it over other people who have no practice in it, kind of understand making that pay you more. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the hard work that goes into normal animation that should be more rewarding. Right. So I feel like they should get paid more than CG people because the CG people are like, oh, look, I can do something on a computer. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's fair. Right. Oh, I completely agree. And when CG was starting to take off really big over here, we had that same debate, you know, when uh, when Toy Story came out. Toy Story, I guess you could say, is kind of like where CG animation in Japan is right now. You know, it's very... Um, it's, it's very blocky looking. You can tell, was, you know. But, I mean, I feel like it still looked a lot better than what was coming out of Japan right well, now. Well, yeah. But, you know, Pixar, they're, they were huge. They, they were um, pioneers, you That's know, true. of their field. So yeah. they just went and they ran with it. And they continued to improve and improve and improve. And that's all we can expect from the CG over there. Yeah. But you still have to remember that they have budgets, yes. you know. So even if they can do it faster and cheaper they're not going to be able to spend the amount of money that they spend to create something like space pirate captain harlock you know that was on netflix i don't know if it still is but i think so if it is people you need to watch this because it is beautiful it is gorgeous it was a really good movie oh my god that was the best looking thing i have seen in so long but like that movie had a 30 million dollar budget right that's what it took to create all of those gorgeous images right yeah okay they brought in 21 million dollars less than their budget and that was internationally okay so why would you bother spending all of that money money Mm -hmm. when you're not even gonna get it all back yeah you can't even break even yeah that's actually kind of terrible but right 
I hadn't even heard of it until it was on Netflix, and then you pointed it out to me. You're like, hey, you need to watch this. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll go check it out. And Washington is a great movie, and yeah. it looks amazing. Like, you can tell they put time and effort into it and the yeah. money to back up the product. But seeing as how animation isn't as huge here as it is in Japan, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure how it is around the rest of the world, but, like, no one's quite on their level of wanting to see animated movies, CG right. movies. So I can see how internationally that wouldn't even bring you back as much as you put into it. Yeah, and well, then, I agree with that. But I mean, that's that number, that twenty-one million. That's including what was made in Japan. So you know, even their audience didn't go see it. If they could create stuff like that cheaper, which I'm sure can happen in the future if they continue on this path, then I'm all for it. You know, I would still love to that they they don't get rid of traditional animation. You can't get rid of traditional animation. You never know the way that we're progressing as a world. So. I no, you cannot. I refuse. I do Are not. Are you going to go over there and yell at them? I will write them an angry letter. Yep, oh, man. That's what's going to happen. Um. <laughs> that, like, okay, to go back to Captain Harlock, like the way that that looked when you're playing a PS4 game or a new an Xbox One game or whatever and you're seeing like the the quick little scenario clips where it looks fantastic like a movie this is what the, that's what that movie looked like the whole movie it was really good yeah so yeah. you know just there's that yeah but like if you want to compare it to the Netflix original we watched uh Knights of Sidonia whole entire thing was just CG that did not look as clean as watching Captain Harlock or seeing some of the things from like the PS4 video games. Oh yeah, no, not even close. You can tell that it was CG. Yeah. Which you shouldn't if yeah. they're trying to keep it along the lines of being an animated movie. Right. But like, see, that's kind of what happens when you have to have something that's you got to just pump it out as a TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you look at a lot of Netflix original series, not that they're low quality shows, they don't put a whole lot of money into it. <gasps> I disagree. I love all the Netflix originals. You love all the crime Netflix originals. No. Yes, I do. Yes. I'm not going to lie. But not the point. I think they're fantastic. No, I, I think they're great shows too. I'm not saying the shows are low quality, but I'm saying what they put into it isn't a whole lot of money. So you can't expect oh. them to drop $30 million on a CG series. That's only going to be 12 episodes. Yeah, I see. But I will say that what I do love about all the Netflix originals mm-hmm. is that they focus on the story. Yeah. So you don't need to have all that extra fluff. Yeah. You know? And I mean, while it didn't look pretty, I mean, it looked okay, but... It was okay. It grew on me after a while. Y- yeah. You kind of get used to it. It mm-hmm. was it was a little choppy at first and you kind of have to adjust to being a CG movie. Yeah. Not an animated... I'm sorry, not movie, but show. And yeah. Not an animated show. It had a great storyline. It kept me interested. When a show can end and you're like, I have to watch the next episode, you know you're doing a good job. Yeah. And almost every episode was like that, except for, I think, episode one. Yeah, I you, think maybe like the first two or three, we mm-hmm. were like, meh, let's, okay, let's, let's keep going. Yeah, this could you know, get interesting. Exactly. And it just keeps going and going. You're just like, oh, wow, I don't want to put this away. And yeah. that's it's like a really good book. It's yeah. hard to stop after one chapter. We were only supposed to watch two episodes a night. And then like there were times where he's like, well, wait, hold on. We got to see what happens. Let's, let's watch another one. Who needs sleep when you can watch <laughs> animated series on Netflix? So the type of CG that it is, it's not supposed to look realistic like Captain Harlock is. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be a cell shading style that mimics traditional animation. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So that's what they're going to try to replicate and get better at so they can keep pumping out these TV shows yeah. and whatever, you know. Okay, yeah. Well, they, they definitely still have some work to go if that's what oh, they're yeah. going for. Because you can tell when you're watching it. Like I said, it's kind of like old Toy Story. 
you yeah. know mm-hmm. you watch it and you're like well we can tell that this is cg you know what i mean kind of have to almost go back it's been so long since i've seen toy story one that it's like you have to go back and see huge differences like yeah. when you watch like older movies you're like wow i don't remember this Looking being such a low bad. quality yeah when you <laughs> go back to watch it years later so i think that's something you'd have to go do to like give yourself a compare and contrast watch toy story one and then just go ahead and skip straight to number three and be like wow there's a huge difference yeah exactly but like we were saying, the story was really good. So as long as we can continue to produce things that have good stories. Oh, mm-hmm. and I was super excited that Netflix decided to create an original anime too. Because well, I think this is the first one of their originals that they've done. Is it really? I thought they had a couple on there now. No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know, but the, the, that's why it stuck out to me. Yeah. It was a Netflix original. And so I was like, oh, we, ha- we should watch this. More branching into animation right. uh, not through just japanese websites yeah. like crunchyroll or funimation right exactly so the plot of knights of sidonia there's a colony of humans that are living in space aboard a ship called sidonia and this is a thousand years after the, these big shape-shifting aliens called the gauna destroyed earth mm-hmm. and now they've they haven't been seen for like a hundred years and yeah. they're back and that's you know that's where the story starts off they're yeah. back and they have to fight them off exactly and i'm happy they actually renewed it for a second season so we should be seeing that i don't know sometime pretty soon soon. netflix tends to pump out their series fairly quick you don't usually have to wait a whole entire year for season two three four whatever to come out you know so hopefully we'll get that very soon yeah and then we'll have to we'll have to watch that exactly i can't (laughs) wait because uh it it leaves you on a a fairly decent cliffhanger yeah so so like we said that one is a hundred percent cg there's other shows where they've been integrating CG mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, they don't use it for big scenes, but they'll use it for things just to, uh, I don't know, like what what was it that we were watching where we used Conti Collection? Conkole. Oh, yeah. So we watched that and they used, they used the CG when, do you want well, to tell them let's, the plot? Let's, yeah, let's kind of just start with. So the way it started off was there was a free to play web browser strategy that's game. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so that just took off. Yeah. And so what it is, is it's a bunch of girls that are modeled after old Japanese real, warships. Yeah. Real naval ships. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really neat. They're it, called fleet girls. You know, and I thought it was going to be like an anime series where these girls have the ability to turn into these ships and like be a full blown, maybe not the huge size of the ship, but like a smaller version. But what it is instead is they kind of just put on like skates for the ocean and like <laughs> certain parts of the boat like uh, a landing deck if you're a carrier ship or yeah. torpedoes on your legs if you're like a submarine type ship and yeah and they wear the armor yeah that's related to the ships there we go armor uh, yeah that's a great way to put it so but it's super cool i thought it was really neat and i that's how i had first seen it was was by fan art and just art online yeah so i knew nothing about it and I was like, what is this? You know, and I, I couldn't even figure out what it was for the longest mm-hmm. time because I didn't know what I was looking at. But I loved it. I thought it was super neat. <laughs> it, uh, it, when you watch the show, it, it looks really good, too. Yeah. We watched it on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Um, which, 12 episodes. Yeah. Another short series, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's regular animated show that kind of integrated CG into it. And they did so well with integrating the CG in this series. I didn't notice when they did use it. I noticed. Yeah. And you you <laughs> kind of have more of an artistic eye than I do. Like, when we watched Nice of Sidonia, I can see that it was CG. It was very kind of flat. Yeah. Choppy in certain points. Well, you had little, trouble at first. At first, because, like, I didn't quite get what I was looking at. I thought yeah. it was just kind of bad animation, not going to lie. 
I was like, it's a Netflix original, okay, bad animation. They're starting out, I get it. And then yeah. you told me it's CG, and I was like, oh, I can see how there's no detail. No, well, you, no, it's not that there's no detail. It was like flat detail, though. Like well, their faces had no lines. It was literally, it was just a face. I don't, I mean, like. I the, see, I see what you're saying. And then there's the bear character who's just kind of very glossy. Yeah. You know, so I could tell that that's CG. And then yeah. you go to Conkale, which is an animated series. I couldn't see the CG integrated parts. I see. To me, it stands out because it's more choppy looking. Like, if you really look at the characters' mouths when they talk, you can see that it's not as fluid. You can see it's just like a straight opening and closing mouth yeah. as opposed to having character to the mouth. As we started to watch that, and that's kind of what I meant by like facial expressions, it's very flat. You I can't see. see them like smile or mm-hmm. the, like the line definition that you can see in a regular animated show yeah. or like in a actual TV series. I mean, where did you see the CG in Concole? I never saw it, and I still don't know where it is in that series because they did such a good job integrating it in there. Um, whenever the girls would go out for a mission and they're uh, skating on the water to try to get to their locations, that way they can start their fight or okay. whatever it is, that's usually when they do it. That was whole entirely like CG? Not entirely. Well, at least I don't think so. Or just like the skating part of it being the CG. The scenes where they're skating and talking about uh-huh. how to do... You, that part's all CG. Okay, you can see, tell. they did a really good job. I couldn't see it. I thought I was still watching good animation. Well, I guess it's different for everybody. Like, I noticed instantly when they were, you know, as soon as it transitioned into that, I was like, oh, what is this? You uh, know? Again, an artistic eye versus just a regular human over here. You know, well, I okay. can't see it. Did you ever watch Initial D? No, I have no idea what that show is. Okay, well, it's it's a it's a show about um, drifting cars, basically. Oh. It's, it was a big. There's a there's an arcade game for it, and everything. There's a, a live action movie, which I actually really serious? like. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so all of the racing scenes in Initial D are all CG too. And okay. To me, it stuck out like that stuck out. But I mean, you know, I guess I'm just I'm more used to seeing it than you are. Yeah, and that's okay. Either way, like I said, if they can start doing that where they integrate CG into regular animated shows and or just make animated series like what they did with the integration, mm-hmm. I can see it looking a lot better. Yeah. And having that actually be the way they do animated series from now on. I guess we'll notice because a season two of Concorde has been announced as well. So when that comes out, we can watch it and see if it's gotten any better. Yeah, I'm done. It was yeah. a good show. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for anime at the moment so let's move on to some um kind of techie stuff that we found out tech and games tech tech and tech and games oh tech and games yeah games i guess so tech and games can work as well they they go together yeah you know like peas and carrots peas and yeah (laughs) perfect tech and games um all right so the first thing that i saw which i guess it's been around for a long time that i didn't realize or at least since december it's something called project skylight and it's something that Sony has produced. Their hard drive covers for the PS4 and the PS3, they're about $25. Oh, wow. But you can interchange them. You can take off the, the hard drive cover on the PS4 we have at home. Like a phone case? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And they have different designs wow. and stuff on them. Okay. Like, see, that's neat. Because I knew, like, you could, like, order, like, the Xbox 360. You can get, like, the, the camo or the Halo or... Yeah, like, but the, those are yeah, actual, you know, like, bundle editions. You know, but those aren't just, like, they're not skins. They're not covers. Right. The, the whole entire case is made of that, like, yeah. design. And, like, you can get, like, the white PlayStation 4, the mm-hmm. black PlayStation 4. The fact that you can now have, like, graphic designs to kind of cover your yeah system with is actually that's really cool yeah i didn't know they were doing that oh yeah and you know people make their own and they'll print them you can buy them on ebay or whatever sticker stickers or vinyl or whatever these are actually produced by sony they're actual um plates themselves that you take off and replace and reusable 
Yeah. Okay. It's 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 plastic or whatever it is that the the PS4 uh, like shell casing is made out of. Okay. Yeah. Um, it comes with really simple instructions, tells you how to do it yourself. And since it's a Sony product, you don't have to worry about breaking your warranty. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you can change it however many times you want, put on whatever design you yeah. want. When they first came out, there was only two in the US anyway. They came out with one for The Order and then they came out with one for Little Big Planet. Oh, okay. And the one for Little Big Planet is actually still on the Sony store site. So... If you like Little Big Planet, you can get that. It's got the <laughs> characters on it and whatever, and you just put it on your PS4, and there you go. It's it's a customizable thing. It's really cool. I wonder how many people have like nag them to get this to be made. Well, yeah, because I think it's awesome. I, I I mean, it's a way for them to continue to get some revenue. Yeah, you know, because you know, most people, once you buy a PS4, you're stuck with it. You think they're gonna do controllers? Give like because uh, I know they well, do like different already, colors. Yeah, there's already and different things. controllers. Like a sleeve. Well, when we were at GameStop, we saw those special edition Star Wars ones that were coming out. The oh, controllers. That's right. Oh, those were were they for Xbox? Uh, no, they're for the PlayStation. Oh, I believe. okay. And they weren't out yet, but I think when the game was released, it was something that you could get with it. Yeah, it when like, Battlefront comes out, you yes, can get them. Yeah. Going back to these cases, though, so like I said, there's only these two for now, but Sony Japan has a bunch of different ones. They have like Samurai Warriors one, Resident Evil. They even have a special Bloodborne one, which is actually pretty cool looking. That's not fair. I mean, why do they get all the good stuff? Well, you know, I think it's because Japanese people are more willing to replace their systems yeah. with cooler ones. Yeah. They're, they're more willing to customize and spend money on things like that. We're it, not. ton of different special edition systems that are that are in mm-hmm. Japan that are not available here because yeah. we just don't buy them. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Um, we're, we're cheap. Yeah. But, you know, I thought that that was super cool. And hopefully they'll come out with more of those for us. But I guess that depends on the market here. How? Yeah. If it sells well here, they might as well keep going with it and expand it and make it bigger. Yeah. Like they don't even have any that, that many special edition bundles for us. Yeah. It like will. there's a there's an Arkham Knight one that's coming out. I heard about that one. Yeah. yeah. And it has um, the special faceplate on it mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Batman's silhouette and stuff. But, you know, you have to buy the entire console for that. It's not just the faceplate. No, well, it's up to you, people. If you want to see the designs grow and give us more of an opportunity, start buying the covers, you know, support <laughs> the designs. Support the cause, people. Yeah. <laughs> I want more than just Little Big Planet to put on my PlayStation. Yeah. And then, so speaking of cases, there's a phone case that it's more of an adapter. It's by a company called Hyperkin. And you, if for right now, they're going to make it for the iPhone 6 Plus, but they are going to make it for other phones, too. I can't wait. This is such a creative thing to do. Yeah. So what it is, it started off as an April Fool's joke, actually. And then once people like gave all this positivity for it, they were like, you know, we should probably make this real. So what it is, is it's an adapter you stick on your phone and it turns it into a Game Boy. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. You can stick your old games in there and play them. Which is and you play so cool. it on your phone. Yeah. Like, I, I think uh, I have an old Android system that I just happened to get like Pokemon Yellow on. And I've been oh, playing yeah. that recently. And now you're kind of like bringing a fantasy to life by having this system where I can play whatever other games I happen to own. Because <laughs> I have just tons of old Nintendo uh, Game Boy games sitting in my drawer that I can't, I can't play because I don't have a system to play them on anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, I still have my DSs, but I just, I mean, my DSs. No, I still have my Game Boys. There you go. You know, I do that all the time when I'm referring to my DS. I call it a Game Boy because I'm old. (laughs) My mom stole my Game Boy. Oh, that's not nice. People hold onto these cartridges for these old systems and they don't use them anymore because they end up coming out for like, um, for DS, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you can download 
you know, the original Zelda or the original Donkey Kong or whatever. And you can play those on your system for like five bucks or whatever. So you know, technically you don't need them, but it's but just kind of a cool thing to have. They should kind of like have like a deal where if you have the older games like Pokemon Red or something like that, if you mm-hmm. can like bring it into a store and you get a code for your DS to be able to download it onto your DS. Oh, or, or even just like a discount. At least, you yeah. know, that that would be a cool system. Yeah. Or not a cool system, but a cool like idea to do. Yeah, like a program. Yeah. You know, you know at least. Like if Nintendo were to be like, hey, we'll take these old games back and give you a discount for re-downloading them onto your new system. Exactly. Because, you know, I can understand why GameStop and places like that don't want to buy them off of you or yeah. they buy them off of you for like like 50 cents because <laughs> they, they can't sell, sell them yeah yeah people don't want them but that, that's a really good idea call us nintendo again know, right? you know Jeez, we're just giving you <laughs> do we have all to the think ideas. of everything uh, that would be a sweet idea though it would it would save up a lot of space in my drawer yeah <laughs> And speaking of the 3DS, they actually just came out with an update for the Street Pass system. Okay. Um, I downloaded it. I don't think you didn't get it, right? No. Okay. Well, I got it because I love the whole Street Pass thing. I think it's awesome. I have my I have my DS with me now. It's sitting in my bag on hoping to pass people, but I won't because nobody comes to the studio. No, <laughs> we're in the boons. Anyway, so with the update, they added two new games to the original seven games that are available for Street Pass. Only two. Well, you know, you know, actually, let me correct that because you only get two games, I think, when you start off with Street Pass and you have to purchase a bundle for the extra five. Oh, or you can buy them separately if you wanted to, but it was cheaper to get the bundle. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so now instead of having the seven previously, there's now nine because they came out with two more. I thought they came out with three. There's a fishing one, a zombie one, and I thought there was a different one, too. Mm -mm. It's just those two. So the fishing one is called Ultimate Angler, and the zombie one is called... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the zombie one is called Battleground Z. Uh, I like that ultimate angler. Why? That's just, that's, that's a cool name. Pretty normal. Uh, I mean, props to them coming up with that title. Is it? That's not like some crazy title. Because it could have been so bland, but like fisherman or ultimate fisher. No, you, you, ultimate angler. Yeah. That's not. I mean, fishermen are called anglers. Don't hate on me liking the name of the game. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, there, there. You can get both of the games for seven dollars. Um, or you can get them separately for like five bucks each or something. So, you know, why wouldn't you why, just get the bundle for well, $7? Same reason why you would get the bundle before because you can get the games for like $5 a piece or you can get four games for 15 Yeah. You save yourself $5 in the long run. Yeah. And with this update, you can also, oh no, for free with it, you you can get a game vault. So you can take out some of the games you don't like to play anymore and put them over there so you don't have to touch them anymore. Like Wow. Yeah. Like for me, I don't like playing Me Force. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I never really got into it. Yeah. So I put that in my vault. I don't have to touch it anymore. Whenever I tag people, it doesn't mm-hmm. tell me, you know, hey, you need to play this game. Okay. It's just, it's gone. Maybe you should get like a dollar refund for giving it back. <laughs> yeah, right? That'd be nice. But yeah, like I agree because I enjoy some of the Street Pass games, but I really don't like what Flower Town. Oh, I love Flower Town. I don't like to grow myself a flower. <laughs> it, it's kind of a waste of time. Well, then see, you could put that in the vault exactly. and you don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, see, I didn't know I could do that. I need to. Yeah. And you also get speech balloons. So whenever you talk to people now, you can kind of like pick different backgrounds for your speech bubble. It's just, you know, whatever. A little update. It's a little display for creative visuals or I don't know what you (laughs) want to say. But on those... (laughs) On the note of those uh, speech bubbles, if you guys ever pass us, it will say Super Segoy Cast for either one of us. So Yay! that'll let you know that you actually You'll met us. You'll know in it was us. Real life somehow. Yeah. 
oh, somewhere. Hey, we should, if, if people do that, take a screenshot and send it to us. Yes, please do. That'd be That'd awesome. That'd be cool. You know, uh, we have everything, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and yeah. we have a Gmail, all of which are at SuperSugoyCast. So yeah. uh, send them our way if you guys find us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, well, but you know what? On that same note, though, for $5 more, you can also get a second upgrade for your meet, your Street Pass Plaza, technically, and you can actually skip all the conversations. You can choose to skip wow. which conversations you want. That's, so you don't have to spend uh, all that time. Hey, man, I got puzzle pieces to collect. But I don't want to sit there. I want to see these people like, I'm from Germany and my name is Bob and I like yeah. to play with my dog and I want to be a scientist someday. Like, you know, that's like, a fun aspect of meeting people. Yeah, I like doing that too, to be honest. I wouldn't skip that. But, no. it, but it is an option for people who do want to skip if you really want to spend five dollars yeah exactly so you have to spend five dollars to do that but it also allows you to collect people's birthdays and it kind of works in the in the same aspect of the puzzle game so you collect people's birthdays it fills in the calendars and after you get so many you get plaza tickets to exchange for you know outfits and whatever for your me oh, that's cool yeah and then you can also get vip me's so like if I meet you on the street, once okay. your plaza fills up enough, your character will disappear out of the plaza. So you don't Aww. see them anymore. Well, you mm. can make them a VIP so that way they're always there and Am they I can show up in your games all the time. I should be a VIP. You should be, but I did not purchase the $5 upgrade. So, so I'm no longer a VIP. You, well, you were never a VIP. Ouch. <laughs> Damn. Anywho. The one thing that I was hoping from this upgrade mm-hmm. was that you would be able to meet more than 10 people at a time. That, it, it was funny. It tells you that you meet 10 people, but really you don't. It says 10 of 10, but you only have nine actually yeah. in your like gate waiting for you. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just like an error that happened to be in the game or... I don't even know, unless it counts you as the 10th person. Oh, You're maybe. meeting yourself, That'd be weird, though. weirdly. Yeah. But, you know, that that's still there. So, you can only meet 10 people at a time. Boo. 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 Yeah, you got anything else for uh, the 3DS? Uh, No, but I know you had a couple of things I that got, you want to talk I got, about. I got one thing for the 3DS. They came out with a game called Box Boy, which is a downloadable game only on the 3DS. Oh. Um, It was created by HAL Laboratories, who mm-hmm. in 19... 19- 80 is when they came around, and they're the people known for Kirby. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, and... I was imagining, not gonna lie, I was imagining Hal, like, from Space Odyssey. Oh, you know? I thought you were gonna the go, like, Hal Jordan. Robot. Hal Jordan? Yeah. Well, oh, okay, yeah, him too. But, but that's not what I no. thought of. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back, anyway to, back to real Hal. Back, yeah, back to the company Hal. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, they called themselves Hal Laboratory because they wanted to be one letter ahead of IBM. That's it? That's it. Well, I That is why they're known as HAL Laboratory. Yeah. And it took me a second. I was like, really? So, like, I counted the alphabet in my mind. I was like, it really <laughs> is one letter in front of IBM in each and every one of those letters. This is actually kind of funny. Yeah. You know, not going to lie, though. If that was their intention, why wouldn't they have just made their name start with an A? Mm, they wouldn't have been as good as HAL Laboratories. I get, you know, maybe, they, letter, maybe they wanted the letter. Space Odyssey thing. Maybe they're they from did. 1980. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember when Space Odyssey came out because I don't think I was around <laughs> at that point. But, <laughs> you know, that's probably a good... In- Man, yeah, I like that. Well, anyway, so <laughs> they, they were able to get away, or at least some of the creators were to get away from Kirby games for a little bit. And they made this thing called Box Boy, mm-hmm. which is like a mashup of, I guess, Mario meets Tetris in a sense. Okay. It's like a 2D, you know, you kind of walk straight to the right. Yeah. So if anybody's played Scribble Knots, it's 
very similar to that, except you don't get to create yourself items to get across to, like, the star. Well, then what do you do? You basically, you're a block. And okay. you kind of like... Oh, you're a box. Yeah, you're a box. You're a box boy. Okay. Um, kind of like Meat Boy? Yeah. It, yeah. It, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not Meat Boy, but yeah. <laughs> so now you of, got me thinking about like Meat, meat Boy, but not off. Meat Boy. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Anyway, so you're, you're, you're a box. It's, uh, it's a black and white game too, so it's actually very simple. Mm-hmm. But you like shake out boxes anywhere from like one to three. I think maybe you can get to like five. You shake them? Yeah. Like, like, like you, you poop like, them? You scr- yeah, you pretty much you poop boxes. <laughs> <laughs> to say it simply, you poop boxes to help you get through like a level. So one of the levels, you open a gap and it's got water on the top and the bottom and like it's kind of, it's a revolving puddle. So if you drop your blocks in there, they'll just kind of keep going through. Oh, like oh yeah. That was one of my favorite levels in Bubble Bobble. Sorry. Totally off topic. It, but no, that's okay. it's good. It would give more people an idea of what the hell I'm talking about because oh, I'm okay. sure they're like, what? Yeah. Well, if anybody's played Bubble Bobble, it sounds like that's the level where there's two open gaps and you have to blow your bubbles to jump up across the gap. Yeah. And yeah. there's no floor. Oh, okay. So it's just like an endless portal. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, portal. There we go. It's okay. great. Word. It's, but it's made like of water. And so like yeah. on the other side of the gap is like a spike platform so you can't just like jump onto it you need to find a way to get through the portal and also not kill yourself on the spike so you you poop out three blocks and you jump with them through the bottom portal and as you're coming out of the top one you try to like move yourself to the right to land your blocks on top of the spikes to give yourself a platform and then you can use your body to jump up onto those blocks walk across to the end and you've completed the level that's cool yeah you know and you can make different shapes with those blocks and like you it's actually it's simple but challenging at the same time but not so challenging that you're like i don't want to play this game anymore yeah it looked really fun it just sounds like a like a solid puzzle game yeah you know it's a nice little strategy game yeah i like that well then we should look into it yeah you just gotta download on the 3ds (laughs) i don't know why i haven't yet i'm too busy playing bloodborne oh hours and hours of bloodborne and just dying and dying and dying i I love Uh, i love watching bloodborne i'll be working on something and he's playing bloodborne and there are these big creatures and they go they're like giant like ogre carrying like bricks yeah and they smash your face in with those bricks they go crazy Um, almost anything and everything in this game hurts in some form even like level one things like i think i'm level 50 something now and like level one characters if you're not paying attention will destroy you yeah it's pretty crazy but i think i'm probably a good 20 hours into bloodborne now oh wow and i'm really yeah i I, uh, hmm close to it yeah i think i'm only like four <laughs> and like two of those was creating the character yeah Shh. i like to create my character i like to customize things i'm sorry anyway it's a it's a great game you know it, it looks beautiful plays challenging if you've never yeah. played um if you've ever played like uh, dark souls games mm-hmm. it's the same creators from software and even people who have played dark souls that come to bloodborne are like wow this game is challenging i struggle yeah i'm super struggling well it's supposed to be hard though it is supposed to be a difficult game it is not supposed to be something easy you know and i have i haven't played a game since like mario for the uh nintendo that's been like a challenging but a fun challenging like you go through it and beating bosses is so gratifying but at the same time you like wipe on a boss 80 times and you're just like i'm ready to throw my controller out the window because you're just like i don't get what i'm doing wrong yeah but the bosses, oh man, whoever designed, I mean, the actual designers themselves, I want to like go hug them because all of their stuff is so amazing looking, especially the bosses. Well, yeah, the bosses look great. Yeah. When uh, so you were neat. just, you were just fighting Vicar Amelia not that long ago. Yes. And she's like this big 
wolf creature thing. She's not a werewolf, but she's just a creature. I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. But she's got these big deer horns. It reminds yeah. me of like an old Asian dragon. But like <laughs> she it's cool because the thing that I like about it is her sounds. Man, all of these creatures sound super creepy. Except mm-hmm. for the guys that go, oh, you know. But those, those guys are just, are just fun. To make fun of, yeah. yeah, I just like them. But no, the people who did the designs of these and whoever made the sounds, man, I want to I wanna like give them something. You yeah, know? you know, and that's kind of funny that you bring her up because I'm fighting now the, uh, I think it's called like the Three Shadows of Yarnum. Yeah. And like when they have different phases their first phase they're just kind of normal shadows with like three different weapons that you fight but like they look like ring wraiths yeah what they look like. yeah like thin versions of the ring wraith exactly mm-hmm. and when they get to a certain level of health or at least one of them does they like go into phase two and like these snakes pop out of their stomachs and their arms become like snake-like and they can like yeah. shoot out of like it like a scorpion mm-hmm. you know just like shooting out at you and hitting you and like it's really neat how they came up with the different types of bosses that can do things and have different attack animations, different forms, and like their combos change. So you, it's an ever-evolving fight, and you can never just be like, I know what this boss does. On my third attempt, I'm going to beat it. Yeah. It's always changing. It's a different situ- situation every time. Yeah, and I think I remember reading something about how it changes depending on how long you've been playing mm-hmm. and your stats and things like that, yeah. too. So the game, like, the game is thinking, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to get to the point where the game rules us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, before we move on, I wanted to say that I was really upset that Silent Hills is officially canceled. I know. Speaking of like spooky, scary With games. With all the people who are going to be in it, like, I was really looking forward to this Silent Hill. I've played others and they scare me. Yeah. And this one looked like it was going to be even scarier. Yeah. So. It and it has to just be because of Kojima leaving Konami. It has to. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, it, it's kind of terrible the fact that he's leaving. So then you lose... I think what the Norman Reedus was going to be on it and mm-hmm. um, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and it's like uh, Guillermo, Guillermo. Oh my Jesus Christ! <laughs> One more time. Guillermo del Toro video game. Like, have if you've seen any of his movies, you know he comes up crazy creatures. And yeah, it was like, his environments I, are awesome. I was just like, I wish they would still bring him back or they would still try to like at least create a game with him yeah because i think that'd probably be one of the best silent hills they've ever made yeah i know i, I thought that this was going to be the best one like by far they are still going to create silent hills it's just they're not not this one i should yeah. say they're still going to create silent hill games yeah there you go but they're not going to come out with silent hills which was the name of this particular game well hopefully they come up with like a new contract to get him back yeah that would be nice it would be yeah it's, it's sad sad days it when, is games like that kind of fall apart well let's talk about a happy game that you um, found out so i've never played it but there's a game called splatoon which well, it's is not out yet it's not out yet oh see i didn't know that yet Mm-mm. i thought it was out but mm-hmm. it's it's nintendo's version of a third person shooter yeah it looks pretty cool you know and it being nintendo it's more on the kids side of a game it's not like call of duty but so these people are supposed to be like squids mm-hmm. uh they shoot ink and it's a team-based game where you're trying to color the map in your team's ink blue oh. versus like orange so the objective is i don't know if there's a time limit or quantum but i imagine there would be you're trying to yeah, cover up ha- like there'd have to be they'd last forever you, they, exactly but so you're trying to obviously get more than them people were complaining about the idea of not being able to have a voice chat in oh, the game i could see that because how are you going to coordinate with your team yeah you on know? where you're going to go and how you like if you want to like turn this into an actual competitive environment which right. i don't see them doing yeah they're kind of just hoping people can work together yeah it it can only be so competitive without that but at the same time 
I can totally understand why they don't want to do that, you know? Well, yeah, uh, I play games like League of Legends and like Arena and WoW and mm-hmm. other, if you actually go into like any, chat, any like online anything game. like, yeah, Call of Duty and stuff like that, you get your mic and you, you hear people just yelling at you, cussing at you, telling you you're bad. And it's like, why, yeah. why put yourself in that environment? You're just going to have fun. Yeah, especially so, when there's the possibility of kids playing, it, you know? And that's what this should be. This should be a bunch of kids playing we don't need adults who yeah who are just there to be stupid you know know, or young kids who think they're gonna be the stuff and they're just gonna like go off on other people yeah you know um it's a good way to get rid of all the toxicity you know i'm sure there will still be some form of toxicity but you won't be able to hear it at least or see it because they're probably in the form of like rage quitting if anything but yeah, yeah like Nintendo didn't want to give people the chance to be toxic to other people yeah and i appreciate that to be honest you know because I, I will say that when I first started playing games online, I was afraid to log into the voice chat because I just didn't want to deal with it, you know? Like, I yeah. was literally afraid. I would just not. And, and I was like, can can people hear me? Oh, God, you know? Yeah, I, I in past, I've quit playing like pvp oriented games with friends mm-hmm. due to their like i'm a competitive person but i'm not such a competitive person where i'm gonna sit there and just rag on you because you play yeah. terrible in a, an arena match and i had friends who would do that they'd blame you and just not like where's the positivity you want us to yeah. improve you need to be positive about it not being a jerk yeah it's not fun anymore exactly so nintendo's saying they're never going to put a voice chat in this game yeah they want to keep it as fun as possible and positive well i approve so, I do too. Good going, Nintendo. Take a stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, that kind of covers it for games. Do you have any like, uh, like WTFs? Randoms? Others? Yeah, randoms. Yeah, I, I do. We I... need to come up with like a, a cool nickname for randoms. Okay. Something. Uh, well, we'll figure I can't it out think of later. anything right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that later. So, randoms. Yeah, I do have, I found something um, that I thought was kind of funny. So, this thing that I found, it's called the Long Piro Piro. And that's actually the automatopoeia, which is the sound for what you would call the noise a party horn makes. Say that again. Automatopoeia. Automatopoeia. Yes. It's like when a cat says meow. Meow is our automatopoeia word um, for the sound that a cat okay, makes. Okay. I see. We should make a challenge and see how many people can say that 10 times fast and send us a video. Automatopoeia? <laughs> yeah. That's not that hard of a word. I can't say it You fast. didn't try. I don't want to. Try it. No. Okay. Well, Automatopoeia? Anyway. I see, I oh, just tore it. I, I'm not garbage. No, it sounded fine. <laughs> I don't know. You're, anyway, you're crazy. So lungs. Oh, so anyway, I don't know how you say this automatopoeia. I mean, it, the the words are piro piro, but I don't know if it's like piro piro or if it's like piro. Like you know, I don't know how the sound. It's a party horn. Oh so yeah, yeah. I don't know how the sound is supposed to go. We should have brought a party horn. We we should have. Yeah. Well, anyway, so what this is, it's a, it's a lung exercise tool, and it's just a giant party horn. So it looks like a long chameleon tongue, you know, that, that kind of thing. That unravels. Yeah. Yeah. And so you blow into it, and it just unravels like a big long tongue. Okay. And it's supposed to work out your lungs. And, you know, me, I have asthma, and I don't know, it, it sounds like it could work, but... I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily, it's it's not a lazier way per se but i mean it's the same thing as like if you were to like go running go on like speed walks and well, like swimming and hikes and things that's no. supposed to increase your lung capacity is it not yes but this is without all of that that physical impact yeah you know what i mean okay like 
one of the ways that having asthma, if you mm-hmm. go to the doctor, they can measure your lung capacity by having you blow into this machine. And you, it's kind of like... Astronauts. What they have to like blow that ball and they have to like keep yeah. a ping pong ball floating as long as possible to yeah. see how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's exactly like that. It's just meant so that way you can see how long you can keep that thing extended. You okay. Know? Yeah. So it's just like that. It increases your 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 blowing power. <laughs> and this is something that Japan's making. Yeah. Oh. Um. And you know, I I don't know where you can get it. I'm sure you could just find it online or is something. Is it out yet? But as far as I know, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I saw it, so I was yeah, like, I mean, "What's this?" Probably get it off of like a J list or something like that. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, they might they have it. Like they have a lot everything. of funny things like that. <laughs> yeah. But so that that's what I had. I thought that that was funny. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Another kind of out there thing. Taco Bell is finally back in Japan. <gasps> I think they pulled out in like 1980, and oh. they they haven't had a Taco Bell since then. Yeah. They, like they still had it on their army bases out there. Okay. But this so it's finally like came back. American army. Yeah, ar- American army bases. Oh, okay. Sorry to clarify. Yeah, American army bases had Taco Bell still for them, mm-hmm. but not for the citizens of Japan. Yeah. Well, they finally came back to Japan. It. Opened up a Taco Bell in Shibuya, which okay. is like a district of Tokyo. And they had people waiting overnight to go to this Taco Bell. Well, yeah, if it hasn't been there since like 1980. But I mean, to me, it's it's Taco Bell. Well, it's because it's us. We have it every day. That's true. Mm, you know? Every well, I day. Mean, I mean, man. I mean, we see it every day. It's part of you our see lives. see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know? It's nothing to us. And I kind of want to go to Japan just to try their Taco Bell because we've had their KFC and we've had their McDonald's and by far it's way better than we have here. Yeah. It was super good. You could tell the, the difference in like quality. quality. Of food, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's pictures of it online and looks really nice and super clean and fun and kind of clubby look, but it's really nice. Maybe that's why, maybe that they had to like increase the look to get people to want to go. Maybe. You know? Uh, there is only one complaint and it's that it's like kind of like in the back corner area because mm-hmm. like some of the like walkways in the buildings are kind of tight and that's kind of where the entrance is. That was uh. the only complaint. People said the food was great. The prices for the meals were a little bit more expensive than they are here, mm-hmm. but they have like small dollar menu type esque things that yeah. were at least decently priced. I see, and well, it's also the first one, so they yeah. can't have it be like super cheap and then not have any money and have to close exactly. down again. Exactly. <laughs> well, the doors didn't open till ten a.m. Mm-hmm. and there are well over a hundred people waiting in line to go there. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. So I mean, they wanted their Taco Bell. Yeah. And so far, the reviews have been good. Um, they even had a celebrity sighting. Really? They did. Who? Katy Perry was there. But she had like a mask on covering her like nose down. Oh, so wait. So was she supposed to be there? Uh, no, I think she was just in Japan at the time. And she was like, Taco Bell, I have to get some tacos. <laughs> so she went there and she even like posted an Instagram picture. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. So, Can you imagine those people? They're standing in line next to Katy Perry and they don't right? even know. You think like, she brought the shark? Uh, that would have been the smart <laughs> thing. Yeah. Well, that's about all I had for Taco Bell. Okay. That's all you had for Taco Bell? That's all I had for Taco Bell. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to bring up one last thing for people who are in the Bay Area, California. There's actually going to be a festival at Hakone Gardens in Saratoga. It's called, well, it's just called the Hakone Gardens Matsuri. And it's next Sunday, May 17th um, at 11 a.m. to 4. 
and they're gonna have a ton of stuff. There's gonna have a kimono sale. They're gonna have some instruments and stuff happening. 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 Yep. Yeah. They're gonna have demonstrations of instruments and and okay. things. Well, um, kendo tea ceremony. You know, lots of food stuff like that. Is it just a festival to like celebrate the Japanese culture, or is yeah. it like a specific like culture for like Hakone Gardens type esque things? No, I think it's just a Japanese festival. Just oh. like a a good old time to just you know have some people Next come Sunday? up to Hakone Gardens. Yeah. Oh, too bad we can't go there. We will be recording. Yeah, we record on Sundays. Otherwise, we would go. Um, entrance fee is free, oh, so it doesn't nice. cost anything to go. But if you need to park over at West Valley College, and they'll have a shuttle for you there. That's good. Because that parking lot was really small. It's really small, yeah. yeah. And that's great that they're going to offer a shuttle service to get you there. Yeah, um, that place is beautiful. We've been there once, and yeah, we've walked around. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually going to be a venue for our wedding originally. Yeah, but it was too, the, the area that they had for us was too small for the amount of people we were going to have. Yeah, exactly. So we couldn't do it. It's still really beautiful over yeah, there. Yeah, they actually used that place to film part of Memoirs of a Gay so i did not know that yeah if anybody's interested go check it out you know ah, it should it be, a, good be time. a great time exactly yeah you get to enjoy some beautiful flowers and greens and whatnot and then you get to listen to music and eat some food yeah it'll be cool so that's all i had and i think that that's that's gonna do it for yeah, us that's about it for this episode thanks for listening everybody and make sure to follow us on instagram twitter facebook and our email at super Segoycast. um our email's gmail so yeah <laughs> Yeah, so super at Gmail. Um, check out the network that we're on, notlg.com, Night of the Living Geeks. We have tons of other, well, they have tons. I don't I keep saying that. There are other tons of, God, no, that was horrible. Other tons. Yeah, other tons of, there's podcasts. Check them out. There's podcasts. <laughs> there's <listen> podcasts. <laughs> there you go. There, there are a lot of variety of podcasts. There are a lot of, yeah. We are both struggling <laughs> at how to promote our website. Oh, so go man. to notlg.com. Listen to the variety of podcasts we have besides ours. Oh, that there's was There's a lot of great ones to go with. Yeah, um, that was good. Comics can... to movies to video games to even Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And you can find us now on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Yay. Woo! So you can subscribe and give us a review. You Please know, let us know how review, we're doing. Like, we need all the good stuff. Yeah. Even if it's bad. Yes. Even if it's bad. But but try to give us constructive. Yeah, constructive because we want to like, make it. You suck. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, that's not going to help us improve for you and your listening. Yeah. So please, yeah, let us know what we can do to make it better. And thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. We'll put his link down in the bottom so that way you can check out more of his stuff. Yeah, great stuff to listen to. And uh, I think that about does it. So have a great weekend, everybody. See ya. <laughs>